from worlds beyond to write at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children! Welcome all to all my fantasy children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, world building, and storytelling podcast where each week Jeff and I play the fantasy game Dungeons and Dragons and we talk about it, record it, and put it on the internet. We sure do. Well, we, yeah, we, we sure do. We, uh, we market tested a lot of ideas. We, we gauge the viability of things across a number of key demographics, and we determined that this was the most viable uh, content solution for an yep. engaged, motivated millennial audience. So that's where we're at, and we're really excited to bring you, the All My Fantasy Children audience, a sneak peek into the exciting uh, cross-platform opportunities that await us in the coming year. Uh, let's get to a trailer. I wish I had a trailer ready. I, didn't, I don't have a trailer ready, but now I really wish that I did. And it would probably involve, like, you know, walking in a walking in the woods, and then there's probably, like, a zombie, and I have to shoot the zombie. And, like, my stubble is really, like, as, as because I am a white guy with brown hair, my stubble is probably really on point. Absolutely. Yeah, I figure it probably, it's probably got you really jazzed up right now. And then, like, right about <laughs> now that we're about a minute into the trailer, like... A character is going to pop back in and you're going to be like, oh, no, that character's back. And it's like, and uh, that's about when Kermit the Frog shows up and you're like, wait a minute. Am I watching a Kingdom Hearts trailer? Is this a Kingdom Hearts trailer right now? And and then it actually turns out that it is. See, right now you're speaking a lot to the millennial audience and like it's a really hungry industry. It is. There's a lot of open doors and a lot of spaces that need filling. So that's why I'm so happy to bring to you this first ever like no one does what we do. I hope you know, this is completely original. The idea of recording, we're going to play this new game that just came out called Dungeons and Dragons. We're going to record us playing it. Get this. I'm going to put it on the internet. That's some bold, that's a bold hashtag content, Aaron. You know, millennials are craving that bold content that really pushes the envelope, and it includes things that they love, like White Guys with Stubble and Kingdom Hearts trailers. I am proud to announce that All My Fantasy Children is just going to be Kingdom Hearts trailers every week. Mm-hmm. forever we're just no, gonna yeah. slowly like and then once the game comes out like we'll just kind of see where we're at you mean stop making the podcast because it's yes. about trailers and then we'll start <laughs> doing it to like music videos that people make using kingdom hearts like set to celine dion music yes basically amvs all right so do we have a pro- all right, so we take a character we make the do we have a prompt this week Aaron? <laughs> yeah prompt this week comes from our good pal nitai And the prompt is a forgotten dream, striving to make themselves a reality. It's a good prompt. Very good prompt. Very, very good prompt. I have a very good question to ask you. On the subject of, like, cool things and things that hip millennials enjoy. Yep. Jeff, what's something when you were younger that you thought was, like, the cool next big thing and you look back at it now, and you're like, that is not cool or big at all. What was, oh gosh, what was the next big thing when I was young? Like, so, or something you wished was, like, oh my god, this is my favorite thing, and it never really caught on the way you thought it would. Yeah, 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 I'm, tr- I'm legitimately trying to think. I was big into, uh, like, musical comedy, like comedy music. 
Novelty rock. Oh, that was something that I was big into in high school and college. That like I really thought that was going to be the wave of the future. It was not the wave of the future, Aaron. I can't it turned breathe. out there was not. It turned out there wasn't that surge towards uh, like novelty music that I really thought was going to catch on. Turns out like. You know, Weird Al has staying power. Let's not deny yeah, no. that Weird Al. No, no, no. We're not discrediting the art form. <laughs> I can't breathe. That is, and, and I did the not expect you to say that. Certainly, they've built steady, reliable careers. But like, I really thought yes. that that was going to be the scene. Yes, like I, I will agree with you in that. Um, okay, so here's a musical comedy. I'm trying to think of what mine was. Where I was like, this is it. This is the fucking future, man. Because the other thing that I was like that about was like superhero movies and that turned out to be a thing um because i'm trying to think of a prompt a forgotten dream striving to make themselves reality i'm thinking this is someone who had a thing that never really took off like the next kid's toy Mm -hmm. and now they're just trying really hard to invent something new yeah sure 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 oh like so this is a fun fact about me i've included this in all my fantasy secrets the skip it theme song I never had a skip it, but I'd see them in every fucking 90s, 90s kids commercial. And I thought it looked amazing. I tried it when I was like 25. I was like, this is the worst invention ever made. <laughs> so is this someone who invented toys? This is a toy maker. Yeah, this is absolutely a toy maker. Sure. And they, have, they are or they have a forgotten dream striving to make themselves reality. Did they have a hit toy back in the day and they're trying to make the next Tamagotchi, you know, the next skip it, the next big thing, you know? Yeah, we can go with that. Sure. Okay, because they're trying to make themselves a reality. So let's say that that kind of means that the scene has changed. The, what the kids are asking for, what the cool millennials want is different now, you know? Mm-hmm. But like, it, it's like someone who invented Jax. Like, yeah. if you brought them to 2018 and be like, invented toy, they'd be like, motherfucker, I have no idea. Okay, so first of all, let's name a to- let's roll on pronouns for the toy maker. Sure. Can you roll me a D6? I sure can. I got a three, she. Okay, so she is a toy maker who is, you know, we'll say middle-aged. We have a middle-aged toy maker. This is someone who has, like, had a hit in the past and is co- trying to make a comeback. So there's there's two... There's I want to also... I like that a lot. Okay. But I think there is really something to approaching this from two different... From a different angle as well and telling two stories simultaneously. That's so good. Like, I have this train of thought. And then when you do that, I'm like, go. All right. So, because when I read this prompt, I read it in a much different way. I read it on a literal level that this was, like, a dream somebody had. Okay. That is trying to, like, enter into the world. Jesus Christ, you told me you wanted a fun, easy prompts. <laughs> I'm with you. Like, some Freddy Krueger-style thing where, like, somebody dreams a concept. Oh. That, like, achieves sentience and is trying to pull its way through. But you said Freddy Krueger... And we're talking about a toy maker. Jeff, is this like the plot of some terrifying horror movie in uh, fantasy? What I think this is, follow me on this. I'm with you. This is the spirit of a long forgotten fad that is trying to channel itself through a toy maker such that it may become reality and like re-enter into the consciousness of the world. <laughs> like it was a fad that not only didn't take off, yeah. it never, it was somebody's, uh, somebody's like i'm gonna get to that one day project Mm. like is trying is like basically striking like a faustian bargain with a toy maker of like make like it like somebody dreamed something into a dream space right Mm -hmm. they never did anything with it they said oh someday i'm gonna get to that that'd be great that idea like 
there was something sort of powerful about that idea. You know, there was like a a, a cosmic essence to that idea. Like a ghost of an idea. This is essentially yes. a ghost of an idea that is lingering around. Like it's a dead idea that is still around because it has unfinished business. Yes, and it is trying to like get to reality and make itself a real life fad through the efforts of this toy maker. Okay, that's fucking awesome. Okay, so it's a literal idea that has sentience or yes. has some can exert a will on this toy maker. Yes. Is that implying some sort of possession or is this not like that? I kind of like a muse relationship. Okay. Or like a like a pact or a bargain of some kind. Or the toy maker doesn't know that this is just like a dead idea. It could be like, this is we're working partners. Like I work yeah. with Steve, but Steve is just the embodiment of the idea of fantasy skip it. Yeah, I'm into that. Okay. So she is a toy maker. Let's start let's start with let's start with this dead idea. What is it? What is it? What's something that like never took off is it a game it's it's a toy obviously Mm -hmm. it's definitely a toy (laughs) what is the worst toy you've ever had in your life jeff oh the worst toy that i've ever had in my life i have one so when i was a kid i wanted nothing more than this thing called the x-men hall of fame i don't know if you remember it for the action figures I used to collect X-Men action figures. I don't remember the Hall of Fame. Oh, it's You'll so sick. you have to explain sick. to me the Hall of Fame. So the X-Men Hall of Fame is a two-tier, like, basically, like, it looks like a play set, right? When you saw it in Mac, this, this is pre, like, Amazon, so you couldn't fucking, like, see what anything is or read reviews. So it was just a display of eight action figures that were, like, the the most popular ones, I think. Oh, I do know this one. Yes, I just looked it up. Yeah. When I was a kid... I thought that you could take them off and play with them. I thought the action figures came off and they don't. It was like the oh. worst toy. So you just look at it. They're just glued there. Oh. Like Iceman is something I couldn't find ever. I, I wanted Iceman so bad because it was just like I'm looking at glassy. it as a translucent action figure. Oh, it's so beautiful. These don't these don't come off of the, the display. No, I want That's everybody listening incredible. to Google the X-Men Hall of Fame. Look how amazing it is. Think about being like nine years old. In fucking like, you know, 1996 or whatever. And fucking imagine if they don't come off. Okay, so this is that. Do you want to do it? Is a play set yeah. that you don't actually play with? So what it is, is it is a, uh, it is a five jeweled crown, like <laughs> diorama. <laughs> okay. It is a diorama of the five jeweled crown. Okay. There are five action figures. Okay. Each jewel of the crown. Uh, but it's like a stationary diorama, right? Ugh. And it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be like the first of a series of educational dioramas for like school purposes. Yes. This person, uh, this toy maker, she made one, or rather another toy maker like years ago made one, dropped the project, got bored. It was like a summer fling with this idea. Okay. And then there's this like essence, this idea, this being, this cosmic entity is trying to, like, bring itself to reality. Okay, so basically, the world is being haunted by the worst idea ever. Like, this idea just won't go away. Yes. It's so, okay, so there's the idea for this educational diorama of the five-jeweled crown, right? Yes. Of all of them, but they don't move, you can't play with them. They're sitting, it's specifically, they're sitting at a table. It's like them (laughs) signing a a peace treaty. It's not even cool. Like the X-Men Hall of Fame had them in like, you know, little chambers and the villains are on one floor. This is just them sitting at a table. There's not even like things like food. Their arms don't move. They are stuck. They are glued to chairs. They're very small. 
The diorama itself is very big, but the action figures are very small. So what this is, is I think I understand the magic. Okay. <laughs> this is so dumb and I'm obsessed with it. I think the item itself is enchanted with some sort of, like, magic. Okay. That, like, almost kind of like comic books. You know, like the fantasy, almost like comic fantasy comics, where it, like, conjures a time and... No, I've already gone through down that road. I want to go down that road again. Okay. Trying to think. <clears throat> what, how it, like, sticks around? Like, is there magic yeah, involved? Yeah, what the nature of the magical idea is. I mean, I have an idea. Hit me. It's just an idea of how this uh, this crappy idea. Why? Like, why is it still around? You know what I mean? Like the age old ghost question. You know, if, if we're treating this like a ghost, I'm thinking that in fantasy, you know, we created this thing where if you, you your magical essence kind of lingers, like it can, it stays around, yeah, it's yeah, never yeah. like gone. So if you put enough of yourself into something, perhaps even magically, you know, maybe it's still mysterious even in fantasy. You know, your essence can attach to things in the way that like. You know, a sword is haunted, a hat yeah, is yeah, haunted. Yeah. So maybe it is like, you know, for lack of a better term, this is a haunted diorama, but more in like the if the ghost travels from thing to thing. So does the toy maker have a haunted thing? I like I love the haunted diorama. I think it is haunted by the original craftsperson. Okay. Who like put so much of themselves in it that when they died, they're just their essence kind of like embodies in this diorama. Okay, so that gives me a fun idea for this toy maker and a challenge that they're having. Yes. So this is a toy maker trying to make toys for children, fun things. You know, is it is it an ode to the classics or is this a new age toy maker filling a millennial space? I always like an, which one? Which one do you like? You know, because some people reinvent, not reinvent the wheel, but like bring back the oldies but goodies. Like, is this someone trying to make toys of old and that's where this ghost comes in? I kind of like that. I think I like that more than the other thing. So this toy maker, her name is, what's a great toy? What's your favorite toy as a child? I know this is like, welcome to our chat podcast, but I don't care. I was a big fan of, let's see, what was I a big fan of as a kid? What was my toy of choice? Did you like superheroes? Did you have action figures? I had a lot of action figures. I had Did you have so one that like blew figures. your shit away? trying to think i had a lot of like weird action figures because i i was big into like i got big into things for like a month bought an action figure and then like it just became part of the assortment but i'm gonna go with so i'm just gonna throw out like three action figures that i had yes and i don't worry i will meld them into something what you got for me i had a steel action figure from the movie steel oh fuck oh you saw steel I saw Steel and liked it enough that I purchased action figures from Steel. Holy shit. These are, I have a name for you. All right. Because I'm thinking of forgotten things that unfortunately kind of faded into obscurity. Her name is Digi, like Digimon. Digi yep. O'Neil, like Shaquille O'Neal from Digi fucking O'Neil Steel. Digi O'Neil is pretty good. Digi, Digi O'Neil, O'Neil is very good. is our fucking toy maker. Okay. So welcome to the longest intro in history for an episode of All My Fantasy Children where we set up our idea. Okay. So Digi O'Neil is making classic toys in fantasy. Right. Yes. She's hitting the classics where it's like the fantasy equivalent of Jack's. I don't want to think of them. And like, you know, stickball or that thing in old movies where they hit a wheel with a stick, you know, and yeah. it rolls down a hill. You know, yeah. bringing back the hits until what? She finds this diorama. Okay. I like that. So can I pitch you something for that? Because I really like that. Yes. Yeah. 
So oftentimes, you know, when you run a store and you don't, like, you know, a toy store is kind of out of date, maybe even in fantasy. So she had to move shops. You know, she had to close her big, basically KB toys. And now she's opening her smaller one. And so she, I think she's buying an old toy store in, say, Iron Hill, right? Um, and she moves in, and there's still crap from the previous owner, like, around. Blows the dust off this box. And it's like, please don't open fragile, like, in development. And it's like, oh, my God. Maybe, because I think maybe they share a kindred spirit of, like, you know, I, I need to connect to the past. So she buys this old toy store, you know, rents the space. Because something yeah. with trying to reinvent, uh, make themselves a reality. Maybe this is a struggling toy shop owner. Maybe maybe Digi is kind of struggling. Yeah, I can get down with that. So they buy this older toy store. And they find a box that's like, please, in development. Like, you know, start seeing the prototypes that this ain't... What's the ancient toy maker's name? Just so we can reference. Uh, the ancient toy maker's name is... KB. I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah, KB. So KB, you know, finds the prototype toys that KB was working on back in the day. Dead, unimportant, kind of, right now. Mm-hmm. She finds... So Digi finds a box, opens it, and sees this diorama. Is she initially inspired by it before, like, you know, basically releasing the genie from the lamp? Because now I'm realizing we kind of made Aladdin, and I love it. We did make a little bit of Aladdin. I think, yeah, I think she's, like, inspired by, like, the artistry of it and the Mm. history of it and the intricacy of it. Because what I'd started to picture with this diorama is, like, there's a little bit of, like, mechanics to it and machinery to it. Mm. Where, like, the five jewel and crown, like, the five people kind of, like, get up and move around and shake hands. And, like, they play out a little scene. It's not an exciting or fun scene, but they play out a little scene where they, like, get up and they walk around and shake hands and then sit down and sign, like, a treaty. So Digi picks up this box, opens it up. Sees the diorama. I think she cranks like what would we think of like as a music box mm-hmm. and, you know, watches the little show play out, a little tune plays. But then she pops the bottom open and sees that like back then this person made like the most intricate, like the craftsmanship is magical in nature, but also like spectacular. Well, the, the I think the craftsmanship is the magic, right? Like, I think that is what... Because they put such amazing craft, like, work into this diorama that when they died, that's what, like, captured their essence, was the thing that they put so much, like, time and energy into. I fucking love that. That's very good. And I think that's also... I'm going to throw out an idea, because if we're talking about things that we thought would be huge, and then we're not huge... Yes. I just thought of something. That I thought was going to be the biggest thing in the world, and then was absolutely not. Okay. Aaron, do you remember Small Soldiers? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. That never really took off. Wait, I... wait, Small Soldiers was the movie with, uh, there was like the animal action figure people, right? Who's, who were designed to lose to the military action figures, oh. so the only thing they could do was hide. Oh, that was rough. I think Phil Hartman is in it. Can I tell you a story about small soldiers? Because this episode is light and fun, like a beautiful cup of la- like a beautiful latte. Yeah, of course. So when I was a kid, hey, I'm calling my cool rapper cousin out, Sammy Bauer. Um, 
he had fucking small soldiers, the video game. And I can honestly say that the feeling that we're talking about of being like, woof, I don't know why anyone is buying into this. That is the, you're right. It is the perfect example of me playing a game being like, I don't even know what the fuck is happening. Okay. That, that aside, back to the story. I don't fully remember why they come to life in small soldiers. But just thinking of toys that come to life okay. through what I assume to be magic, the magic that is imbued into this diorama is what causes these action figures that, like, when they were crafted, perfectly stationary, to, like, play out, like, a little drama between them. Like, it kind of turned it into, like, a music box, where, like, the person, KB, Crabford Buchanan. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ, let me roll a d6. Oh, I got a one. So he... Crabford, Crabford Buchanan. Crabford Buchanan? Wait, that, is that really what KB Toy stands for? No, maybe. <laughs> Won't look it up. No! Don't ruin it. It means Crabford. <laughs> Crabford Buchanan. Crabford put so... Like, put our... Put, like, a summer into this. Like, did go out, like... <laughs> not that long! <laughs> Like, Wait! No, it's Tate. No, that has to stay the same. And this is... <laughs> We're like... This person has dumped their life into this <laughs> magical diorama. He's... Jeff goes... He spends a summer... <laughs> he spends like two months chopping away at this thing and then you said it early on they move on to something else oh yeah oh yeah i never pictured that this diorama was like their life's work i can't breathe <laughs> this diorama was not that's why they moved on to something else Aaron, it was sucked. They, they were just like yeah this isn't am i gonna make like what 15 more of these i'm not doing this i i built one that's okay. probably good enough so what you're saying is, okay, so this is what this sounds like to me. I'm not saying this is the case, but I think it's hilarious. So Crabford Buchanan put, this is the most effort that he's ever put into any toy, and that's why he's damned to be attached to the wall. <laughs> Every other toy spent like 25 minutes trying to make. Well, I, here's here's what I think about Crabford Buchanan. I'm sorry, everybody. If this is, once again, if this is your first episode, this fucking sucks. <laughs> this super doesn't, Aaron. How dare you? <laughs> We're giving them at least two great characters today. I know! Crabford. Let me talk to you about Crabford. Please, and I'll talk to you about Digi. Crabford did not feel a pull towards making toys. You know how we had said, like, when you die, like, it pulls you towards... There's something... It pulls you towards, like, an essence, but, like, you don't necessarily get to say what it is. Yes, like your truest essence is not revealed unless you use like a necromancer, but... But like it pulls you in that direction. Yeah, your life is honestly told. Like, you know what I mean? The story of your life is kind of pulled. Like it pulls you toward what your real story was. Crabford should have been a, like could have been a toy maker, but just didn't like put the time and energy into it. Why not? I think he just got, I think he got bored. I think he got frustrated. I think he just... Never got that push that he needed, like, that one step in that one direction. Yeah, it never blew up. Like, the initial blow up never happened, so it was like, fuck this, this is not worth my time. Yeah, and, like, that's a perfectly reasonable thing to say. Like, he was like, eh, you know what, like, I built a thing, like, I proved to myself I could do it. Yeah. And so maybe it's not even, like, maybe he's not even, like, bitter about it. No, 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 no. Like, he spent a summer building this toy. Nobody ever really expressed an interest in it, but, like, you know... I did it. I did that. 
I built that. He kept it. Like it was, you know, it said in development, do not open like, you know, long after he's gone. So this meant yeah. a lot to him. It, it proved to him that he could accomplish something. Yeah. And it wasn't he's like, eh, it never blew up. Like I never I never made toys for a living. But like I, I always said that I wanted to like make something. And that one summer I made something. That was pretty great. You, I, that gives me a really cool idea. Okay. All right, hit me. May I? Yes. So I think his reasoning was like, so I, I'm not I'm not seeing him as like bad or like I haunt this box. I'm I'm honestly seeing the story of someone who's like, I never blew up because perhaps it wasn't really the right time. And now, now is the right time that the genie's been out of the lamp. And I think now is the perfect time for this toy to really blow up for someone who's looking to make a classic toy. Like you said, this is a muse scenario. I think this is a perfect time for like a training montage for a fucking, okay, but uh, for Crab for Buchanan to teach Digi O'Neill how to make a fucking history box. Yeah. And so, wait, can I give you a pitch about detail about the box? Yeah, of course. So we keep describing Crabford Buchanan. It sort of like, you know, inhabits the box. We'll use it. Like, not haunts, not possesses, but inhabits the box. You know, his spirit is intertwined within the very grains of wood. So I think when Crabford wants to communicate, like when Digi first opens the box and is like, wow, and cranks to watch the scene play out, you know, oh my God, uh, Sprout Brussels is putting on a puppet show. I think the the voice that comes out is through the characters. He can only control one of them at a time. But when he yeah. talks to Gigi O'Neill, it's through the very tiny figurines in the box. I like that. I like that a lot. So why does Digi want this? Like, you know, Digi wants to have a successful toy company. But what is her like her overall? What's her view on toys? Like, you know what I mean? Why does she do this? So I, if we're going with very silly answers, I have a very silly answer. I don't. Yeah, I don't need no kumbaya bullshit. Give me their sillies. Uh, this is so. Then what? Then I will say what we have crafted. Then what is what her motivation is? Okay, it is nineties magical toy comedy film. She is all about the money. Okay, she's looking. She's looking to target like up and coming millennials oh, with fuck. the hot new trend. <laughs> and it's gonna take the ghost of a toy maker and a magic diorama to show her what really matters. Jeff, this is the fucking lovematic grandpa <laughs> sketch from fucking the Simpsons. The lovematic grandpa. Okay, so this is amazing. So we have like a '90s sitcom scenario. Yes, where Digi O'Neill comes in and is like, "Oh God, I just can't think of anything." Wow, wow, what a new welcome to my new store. Better set up. Oh, what's this old box doing here? Crank, crank, crank. I will sign the treaty. But you can't. Peace must be achieved with, you know, more than just paper. And then all of a sudden, well, hello, I'm Crabford Buchanan. <laughs> because, of course, <laughs> it's an old man. Of course it's an old man. <laughs> and Crabford Buchanan... Is a spirit that takes over the box and is like, I hear you're in need of a new toy. Have I pitched you on my magical diorama? And she closes it and does not talk to it for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, all right. So, back to back to what we really do here, where we craft yes. a really beautiful story that's well thought out. And, you know, we kind of have to pretend like this is a tabletop show. So, yeah, I think that she, I, I really like the idea that she was... That this is like a change of heart moment for her. Mm. Like she kind of like, 
saw this as she saw this as like a business as like a business like an opportunity to like grab something and maybe like crabford's ghost is almost like not a premonit like not a premonition but like because like i don't think crabford's ghost is like unhappy no 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 i almost think it is a um an aspirational spirit figure. Yes, I'm seeing this as like a motivation. Like the, yes, we said, that's unfin- the word I was unfinished for. business means like, all right, let's let's get to work, shall we, Digi? You know, yeah. Digi, get you get your working gloves on. You know, it's and it's, so it's, like, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I got nothing. I was gonna say. So I think it is really like she like because she learns because remember we said that he like didn't make toys and wasn't upset about that. Yes. So I think that like this is sort of a thing maybe what it is is she has made like 14 dozen different like toy pitches okay fad objects things that didn't catch on she okay. made like a series of like novelty music playing marionettes that like sing song parodies Ugh. she she's made like all sorts of like weird dumb things she really tried to make fantasy pogs happen and they just oh, never she made happened. so many pogs like so many like she has these bags that are in her shop and someone's like, what are those? And it's like the biggest waste of $20,000 I have ever made. Yes. She's made like 27 different things. Because everything that she made was like, okay, what if this is like the thing? Kids love kids love hula hoops. This is three hula hoops stacked on top of each other. Done. But then by the time it comes out, people are like, I've already kind of done hula hoops. I'm done with the hula hoop craze. I have a fun idea for where this episode goes now. All right. So, right, what we what we described through this stupid fucking episode is the spirit of someone who is attached to this object because he loved it. Crabford Buchanan mm-hmm. loved this object, making toys, whatever. You know, and it didn't take off, lived a full life, but this was kind of like, you know, the thing that really got him out of bed and he never forgot about it. Whereas Digi O'Neill is someone who's trying to cash in on the next big thing. There's not a lot of heart behind it. There's not a lot of, it's not genuine, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing that this is a scenario where it's a person uh, who can really benefit from learning from this magic box in all aspects of life. Because we always talk on the show, you and I, for verbal hugs, of like, yeah, do your work, you know, grind, 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 if you feel like it. But also don't forget to have a full life and be happy. Yeah. I'm seeing Digi O'Neill as someone who does not have much of like a personal life, a lot of friendships, a lot of anything outside of spending late nights slamming her head against a desk, being like, what is the next craze? What are kids cashing in on? Like when she should be pulling something from herself and like putting it out there. And if people love it, that's where the beauty, that's where the reward will be. Yes. Because I think the lesson she learned from this box is exactly that, where it's like, look at this stupid box. It's make one thing. Yeah. Crawford's like, I made in my day, I made one toy. <laughs> Wasn't big. Didn't sell any didn't sell any. But I made one toy. It was real, and I made it, and nothing can ever take that away from me. And that's the story of old Crabford Buchanan. <laughs> and that's it. Like and Digi is like, that's it? That's all your life was? Like Make you- one toy. But but make I one like- toy. Wake one fucking toy, but then it's it's more about like the go out there, try to make friends. Like I see it as, you know, the walkie-talkie next to the fucking pot the diorama and, you know, Digi has it like on a date or Digi has it like meeting new friends at the mall. You know, things like that. Like trying to have a fuller life 
with the help from this box and the lessons that are taught. Yeah. From Crabford Buchanan. I see it as her living a full life and, like, actively using that full life to be like, okay, this is the thing that I actually want to make. Like, this is the toy that is, like, actually important to me. Rather than, like, trying to chase trends, it's seeing this thing and being like, Crabford never, like, was never famous. No. He didn't stick to toy making. He had a full life, and, like, he's, you know, she talks to him, and he's like, oh, I had no regrets. I had a great life. (laughs) But you weren't famous. Like, how? How in God's name? And like, you know, I just, I, I lived a full life. I didn't care about, you know, success. The success is in everything else. He makes he made one toy that was like that that was his thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it was never big. It was never it was never big. It never got him famous. But he left he he left that summer saying, "Well, accomplished my goal. Packing it in." <laughs> okay, so the sitcom is set up right where you know Digi goes on you know adventures and life lessons and learns how to be a more a, a person who enjoys their life while working at the same time, right? Yeah. But let's talk about who Digi is. Let's talk about who Digi is. I want you to roll a d20 for uh, a Table Fables, a book by Madeline Hale, a collection of tables for the weary game master. It's a book of beautiful tables. I want you to roll me a d20, Jeff, for a character background. I rolled a 16. 16. Murderer. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, okay. You are a foreigner who recently came to this land by boat to seek a good life for yourself. The ways and customs of this new land are alien to you, and you have nothing to your name except the things you carry. So, her past. Like, this is who she is and, like, why she's the way she is? Or just, like, is that just a fun fact about her? I have an idea. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go for it. Nope. Go for it. Okay. And this is real, this is real, not big pitch, like, oh, we're going to talk for 40 more minutes. Jeff, she's from the Island of Work. She's from Work. Oh, she so is. This is she a robot. So is. This is one of the robots from Works who just knows yep. nothing but grind and is and struggles to, you know, find some sort of, you know, life outside of that. So there's someone who came to Iron Hill by boat, you know, in in the island of Works, you know, where everybody's hustling and bustling and trying to <laughs> get rid of that very human feeling of loneliness. This was a toy maker who is just trying to cash in on like cool robot things. Like this is a laser blaster. It's like that fucking sucks. Nobody wants that. And is like, and is to that end, like, is like, the only way that I can, like, defeat this feeling inside of me is by making a thing that everyone loves. I have, I can't just make a toy. I have to make the toy that everyone buys. Yes, you'll be the it kid. Like, you know, you'll be, you'll be the household name. You know, I'll, I'll have a million friends. I'll, I'll have a a million people, like, loving me if they love my product, if they love the thing that I make, that's what will make me feel less lonely. That's what will make me feel like alive. And so she's been chasing this trend for a very long time. Until? Until she finds this diorama and has this moment. Okay. Where it's like, oh, I don't have to make a million things. I don't have to chase a million trends. I just have to live life and be happy and make one thing that like I can look at and say... This is for me. This is not for everyone else. Oh, I can do that. I dig it. And my own life experiences and what I bring to it are going to make it special. Not just trying to appeal to other people, but really doing something that I like. 
you know, doing yeah. something that makes me happy. Because I think like she obviously Digi. Oh, it's so cool that her name is Digi, actually, because I was just thinking Digimon. Yep. So Digi loves toys. I think Digi was the kid, the robot kid on works who was like you every day outside playing with shit. You know, trying out new things. A stick was a sword. It was a spear. You know, not even weapons. Just like painting and drawing and playing, playing, playing. And saw and saw adults kind of losing that. You know, as as mm-hmm. she got older. And so I think as nothing caught on, she's like, I have to leave works. You know, hops in a boat, goes out exploring, lands in Iron Hill, God knows how, whatever. Opens this toy store and finds this diorama and yet but you said for two years she closes it and doesn't open it again for two years yeah so that means in iron hill and in like fantasy fantasy she's just been cranking out like junk you know oh, like yeah. i think a lot of like you know the hits like in our show and everything else like wizard i think a lot of wizard products were made by her which are oh, yeah. like i really like that yeah flash in the pan type stuff where we always talk about wizard family products i think she is the designer of wizard family products and she gets like a small kickback on like Mm -hmm. you know wizard action figures that don't none (laughs) fun note no wizard action figures move their arms legs or hands or head it's just a literal figure for like your desk but it's marketed Mm -hmm. like call it's called the wizard action figure I, I would like to add one i'd like to add one detail about that that i think is very important please Hip joints. <laughs> they pivot. They pivot at the hips. It's all about that pivot. <laughs> so she's making wizard family products and like crap, but nothing good. Nothing's really catching on. Like nothing with her name on it. You know, I feel like I'm talking forever, and I apologize. No, I think you're. I think I. I, I think you're bringing together the story, which I think is is you're tying it all together. It works. Yeah, there's nothing that's bringing really like her. Nothing was to her business was not really starting up until she finds this box. And it teaches her like the simplicity of life and how beautiful just working on something you care about is and bringing yourself to it. Like, you know, Crawford Buchanan wasn't even exciting. It was just like some guy who made a diorama. That's not cool at all. And it's still not cool. But the fact that he loves it is what makes it beautiful. It's like what we talk about all the fucking time. This episode isn't even good, but I love it. And that's what's going to make it so fucking good. This episode is great because it's like defensive of this episode. Do you want to roll on tables for, uh, what's her name? Gigi. Friday forgot her yeah. name. <laughs> yeah, let's roll on some tables. Yeah. I think, like, because I think, like, that's kind of where the story, like, I, I think there's, the story kind of ends a little bit open-ended there. Yeah, like, it's something I want definitely want to revisit later on, where it's, like, it's going to be one of those characters where we're talking about something later on, we're like, oh my god, that's what they ended up doing. Yeah. She, like, she's like, oh, I don't have to trace chase trends. I need to chase, like, life. Oh, yeah. So she just like goes off and with a little bit of help from her magic diorama goes off and like lives life and has fun and goes on adventures and eventually sits down at a table and says like, I'm ready. Yes. Let's go to work. Oh, my God. I love that so much that everywhere there's this tiny robot with like a notebook and a diorama strapped to her back strolling around like. Crapford Buchanan is like, I've never seen a waterfall show tall before, you know, and they just hang out together, travel the world and experience life. And in this way, too, like Crapford Buchanan gets to like experience a little more than maybe he did as well. Do you think he did everything? Do you think he lived a life? I kind of the more we talk about Crapford, the more I think like, because we said he spent a summer doing this. Yes. And it was his favorite thing that he did. Mm -hmm. But like, he never went back to it. Mm hmm. 
So I kind of think, like, he... I don't know if he saw a lot of things, and I kind of like the idea of him seeing the world in, like, a ghostly diorama form. Yeah. But, like, I do think he had, like, a profoundly full life. I I, I agree I think he had completely. friends and family and hobbies and, like, you know, he could, he could when the, he was feeling down, look over and be like, Least I made my diorama! This will survive me when I'm gone for generations to enjoy. Maybe the right time is now, but maybe later. And so, like, yeah, I like the idea that he he lived, he li- he was a guy that lived life, and he gets to continue doing that as a ghost. I dig this a lot. And, and, and the closing note before we roll on tables is, like I said, like, one day down the road, after so many travels and so many sights, Digi just walks into a room, like a quiet, mostly unadorned workshop, sits down, and just, like, takes the diorama off her back. Looks at it for a moment and just says, like, okay, it's time to go to work. I'm ready. I know what I must do. Grab if you can and fades away into the... I'm kidding. No. My time is up. <laughs> no kidding. He does not die. It burns. It burns. Oh, God. My spirit, my spirit is leaving my bones. <laughs> she sets it down on hot embers, burns the box, releasing Crabford Buchanan's spirit. He's, she sets down the box and he says, and now the pact is complete. <laughs> now the pact is complete. Let's roll on some tables because I feel like we're going in some directions. <laughs> no kidding. We, we need to roll on some tables before some of this stuff starts becoming canned. I know. <laughs> All of the world's problems are caused by KB Crapford Buchanan. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Can I give you, wait, can I give you just for a fun thing? Can you give me a D100 real quick? Yep. 78. All right, so this is on the curses table. No. I got a 76. <laughs> Demonic glowing writing is constantly being painfully carved into the target's skin before quickly fading. <laughs> Aaron, I don't think she has a curse. All right, I'm sorry. She doesn't have a curse. I'm keeping it in. I just really wanted these are real dumb. The thing is, they're just real dark. Yeah, Madeline Hale goes hard. Oh, what a good book, though. Oh, his book I is, love it. Book I just don't think incredible. it's right for Digi. It's not. It's not right for Digi. All right, okay. I'm gonna go. We're gonna roll in the Guild Artisan table. Perfect. Give me a D8 for personality trait. All right, I have my D8 preloaded before we started recording. Four. I'm full of witty aphorisms and have a proverb for Gotta every re-roll. occasion. That was like last episode. All right, because this was uh, this was B-roll, so I gotta be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Three. I always want to know how things work and what makes people tick. That she's chasing, chasing those trends, chasing those trends, but also like, I okay. Here, here's my thing. That comparisons are like an odorous, palabrous neighbor or whatever. Um. She sees things that are successful and tries to break down like how they work like mechanically and is like, that's why they're popular. It's because it captures the magical force of a hurricane. It's like, no, that person put their soul into this. She is somebody that like, if you talk, if you say like, oh, I really like this. She's like, okay, what do you like about it? I think it can get like to be annoying sometimes, but I think it's also very like genuine in terms of like, I want to understand why you're looking, like, what it is that draws you. Okay, you love these pancakes. 
let like what is it about like these particular pancakes? I really like the way that they kind of like soak up. They don't, you know, the syrup doesn't sit on top. It kind of soaks into it. So you're not really just like getting wet, getting a, a touch of wet on your tongue and then dry pancake. You're kind of getting like a soft sponge. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, cool. I, I get that. I totally understand that. I mean, I can't taste food, but I understand that. <laughs> and this is like the, the thing that I like about this character is we keep talking about someone who is like very flawed and like, you know, this person has a lot of shortcomings in the way of this discovery of realizing that it's, about doing something with her with herself instead of comparing herself to others, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's I think it's a cool thing that we've never really done before where this person's kind of in like a phase. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're it's a story about like this is unfortunately who this person is, but like they're working on it. They've yeah, learned they're, they're growing. And the next time they're mentioned is like after they've grown, you know, like after they've gotten the complete lesson from uh, you know, what was it? Here's my this is my guest, don't tell me. I can't remember his name. So it's Crandall Crabtree. <laughs> no, Crandall Buchanan. Crabford Buchanan. Crabford Buchanan. Yeah, so like, you know, it's the story of someone growing and like learning and it's cute. Yeah. Give me a D6 for an ideal. All right. Four turtle. Great. I'm only in it for the money. <laughs> Still, after all this time, is that something she's can't shake? I kind of think it. I kind of think I think so. But why? Why is a little robot Wants that money. She wants to make the thing that ever like, like that impulse doesn't go away. No. Just because she's making something like personal and meaningful doesn't mean that she doesn't have that voice in the back of her head that's like, I hope that people love this. It's true. And like, that's a perfectly reasonable, that's a reasonable and I would dare say like, okay thing to feel is to be like, is to be like, this is personal. This is the sum of my experiences are being funneled into this thing that I am crafting. But I'm crafting it so that people can enjoy it, and I hope people enjoy it. And I dig it. Every drop in the bucket of financially, like, you know, every time that someone buys her toy, that's validation. You know, and yeah. she that's what she's craving, honestly, is being loved by everyone and being told that you're the best toy maker and you've made the most popular thing. So it tells you a lot about, like, who this person is, that, like, the end goal for this robot is, like, love and ad- validation and being told that, like, you did a good job. You know, because all her life, she's pretty much been told, like, yeah, these aren't that great. You know, this is, and mm-hmm. if it is great, it doesn't, but it's not yours. You do not, you don't own it. It belongs to Wizard. I also like that we also rolled greed for Viral, but they've gone in very different directions. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Greed is an interesting thing. Like, there's a lot to that that I think is is worth exploring sometimes. Yeah, it, it is. And I mean, it's very real. Like, you know, we can tell these stories every week where it's like, and they do the best possible action to warm your hearts. I'm like, no, sometimes they're just greedy. Sometimes they want, it's okay to want things. Yes, like she wants that. maybe she wants to buy sh- dope shit. And she wants people to love the work that she does. You know, Bureau wants paint. Like, it's okay to want stuff. Yes, she wants to be compensated for her dope toys. Give me a D6 for a bond. Two. I don't even know how you're doing this. What did I get? I created a great work for someone and found them unworthy to receive it. Aaron, how are we rolling all the same results again? (laughs) Because they're preloaded rolls, listeners. We've already done a practice uh, recording, and this was the, this is the final edit. No. Do you want to stay, keep it? Reroll. I, I, like, I'm yeah, just yeah, baffled yeah. that, like, so far you've three for four. I just rolled another fucking two. Four. 
I pursue wealth to secure someone's love. Okay, that's a big, that's a big one. That is a big, 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 big one. Why? Okay, to secure someone's love, she wants to make this money. This validation, this being told that I'm rich now, I did it. You know, I, is it everyone or her parent or her friends told her like, you're, you'll never be successful. And this she thinks will prove to them that I she has so. value and merit like that. I, I'm worth something. My work is worth something, guys. Like, stop treating like I'm seeing a little kid playing with shit. And like, this is my new toy. This is my new invention. Everyone's like, that's fucking stupid. That's terrible, Digi. You know, but if, if you are the it kid, everyone will tell you, everyone will think you're cool. Everyone will think that what you're doing isn't crazy or stupid. I like that. And I think that like, it's kind of like what you said. It's about, it's about validation. It's about fundamentally, it's about, you know, she's pursuing, she wants to be loved and she wants somebody to say like, I love this. I love this thing that you made. And that's what she's after. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you have the money that just, it's like, it's unfortunately part of the growing process. If you think that that is like, that's the proof of concept is money, you know, that like I did make, I thought I was. You know, because I think there's a conversation that happens with uh, Crab Crabford Buchanan that uh, happens where it's like, but I, I don't get it, Crabford. Like, how are you? Like, I, I was selling stuff to Wizard. I was doing all this. Why don't I have what I fucking want yet? Like, why don't I feel good? You know, about what I'm doing. I was selling to Wizard. I, you know, tons of people play with my fantasy Skip It, and I don't see shit for it. I don't feel any better. And Crawford's like, it's good you're chasing that dollar shine. Mm -hmm. Chasing them bills, you fool. Crawford <laughs> Buchanan is every, like, classic sitcom, witty, jokester, older person. I kind of love it. But it comes out That'd of, like, good. Arthur's mouth. <laughs> I'm wake up at 6.30, time to get to work. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Roll me a D6 for a flaw. Let's do it. One. I'll do anything to get my hands on something rare and priceless. Was that also Bureau? Yes, it was. Are we? We straight swept it, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, we did it, guys. We did it. We <laughs> reroll. Reroll we, that. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell people how the show is actually made, Jeff. I forgot. Well, I'm just impressed that we straight swept it and rolled the same four <laughs> results twice in a row. Uh, three. No one must ever learn that I once stole money from guild coffers. Oh, fuck. Eric, she stole the diorama. Oh. My. God. Wait, where was it? We said we found it in an old store, but where was she it found really? found it in an old shop. I think she just, like, moved in and the person, like... Oh my! Had left it like it wasn't. It wasn't just left there. Like somebody left it there. Like somebody forgot it, and she like they probably came back later, and she's like, "I didn't see it. I didn't see anything." Oh my god, Jeff! This lesson that she's learning from KB is so much better now. If she moves into this store, and this person's like, "Hey, uh, I know you set up rather quickly, but I left like this really cool box here. Do you still have that? I didn't see one actually, because she knows that like." Maybe I can steal this idea. Before I think she opened it, I think she was like, oh, well, look at the craftsmanship underneath. Like, I see the gears moving and everything. Like, this is an incredible toy. And someone comes back and they're like, hey, you found my box, right? It was right on the, it was right on the front counter. You couldn't have missed it. It's like, I didn't see any box, actually. And I think my closing note is that, like, one day, that per like, one day this person who is also who owns, like, an antique, an antiquity shop or something. Yeah. The box just shows up on their doorstep. No, like, no, no address, just put there. And so when 
when Digi sits down to do her masterpiece, there's no box there. The box is waiting at an antiquity shop miles away, half a world away. And she just says, it's Crabford always told me, leave things the way you found them. <laughs> oh my God, this Brown Brussels original. I love it. Leave things the way you found them. Fuck yes. That was a good one. That's a wrap. That was a good one. On Gigi O'Neill and Crabford Buke. <laughs> KB. Now everybody knows what KB Toys, the closed toy store stands for. Yes, stands for Crabford Buchanan. Thank you so much, Nitai Dasa, for your prompt. Thank you so much. That was a very good prompt. If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own to this podcast for us to make a beautiful and stupid character and story with, so many ways you can do it. There sure are. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash allmyfantasychildren. You can email them to us at allmyfantasychildren at gmail.com. You can post them to our Discord at bit.ly slash AMFC Discord. Or you can go to allmyfantasychildren.com and use the content submission form. That is right. And while you're on our fantasy website, our, our fancy fantasy website, feel free to check out our Patreon page and consider becoming a backer of the show. Patreon backers get exclusive access to behind-the-scenes audio specials and discussion chats with me and Jeff about the show. And you're also just providing some well-deserved coin for the hard work put in, and you get to support something you love. You sure do. Speaking of things that deserve love and attention, Jeff is a second podcast you should be listening to. Party of One is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week, I sit down with friends one-on-one. We play a two-player game. We share some laughs, maybe a few tears. We have a really good time. Episodes drop every Tuesday at partyofonepodcast.com. Bam! Also, if you like your games of the video variety, Aaron has a Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash mounthollyhero. It's a lot of fun. You should go hang out in the chat and watch him play games. Yeah, do it. It's fun. Just come bullshit with me. Um, Verbal uh, hug. Uh, before we get to that, we should talk about the uh, live show Chive- we have coming up. Oh, fuck. Go, please take it away. Uh, we've got a live show at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House on June 23rd at high noon, right? Yeah, it's at high noon. High noon, June 23rd, Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We're part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival. It's going to be a great show. There's a ton of fun podcasts presenting. I can't wait. It's going to be a blast. Let's go. Come hang out with us and we'll make a character together. Yes. And we'll go hang out afterwards, perhaps if there's time. Every week, we give you a verbal hug and send you off feeling a little better than when you started. And if you felt good starting, maybe we'll make you think about some deep shit. I do have a verbal hug this week. I kind of touched on it already. Okay. It's okay to want stuff. Yo, so true. Like, it's okay to say, like, I want this to be successful or like i want this to be i want people to listen to this yes or like i want to make a thing that people will pay money for Mm -hmm. or i want to make a thing that i want to make money doing this or like i want my friends to 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 say good job on this it is okay to feel that way do not like it you know there's this there's there's a lot of talk and i know we talk a lot about like do the work it's about you it's about your satisfaction but like it is okay to like define your satisfaction in like terms like that sometimes i wouldn't say it's like you know i don't think you need to, you should do that all the time no nothing is black but and I, white like nothing is just one thing you know you can feel a lot of ways about a project yeah and that's all right you can feel very happy about a thing and say, I wish more people had discovered this. Yes. Like, it's it's okay. I think sometimes there is a certain level of 
stigma put on that where it's like it's like oh you're just in it you're just in it for the love you need to be in it for yourself and it's like sometimes i want sometimes that sometimes those things are intertwined and i think that's okay to think that the idea of like you know just do the work you know blah 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 it's really a stigmatizing it really is it's very multidimensional when you're very much allowed to you know, you're allowed to enjoy the validation part. It feels fucking good knowing your friends listen to your thing and eat your thing, you know, watched your thing, built your thing that you gave them directions for and fucking enjoyed it. That feels good. You're only human, you know, enjoy yeah. it. It doesn't make you bad for wanting to get paid fairly for the work. It doesn't make, want, make you bad to be like, really want to go on a trip to X, Y, or Z or buy that Xbox or something. It doesn't make you bad. Don't let, no. don't let people make you feel bad for doing the shit that you want to fucking do unless it hurts somebody. You know? Yeah, it's a complicated process, and so like, to, it is okay to acknowledge it as a complicated, as a compli- as a complicated and multidimensional process. Yes, there's no guilt. Don't feel any guilt for wanting yeah. shit or wanting people or like you know or enjoying validation, and wanting a little more of it. Whatever. I think you're doing yeah. a great job. You listened to this whole podcast. You did a really great fucking thing today. There's my validation for you. You're you're a badass for listening to our podcast start to finish. You are the coolest motherfucker and you make my day. I'm not even joking. This is me like going around. You make my week so much better when I see your little, like somebody listen to your show. I'm like, oh my God, that's so fucking cool. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that makes me feel good. I'm not going to be fucking ashamed of that. Fuck you if you think so. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think it's perfectly valid to say that. And I think it's also valid to occasionally be like, I really wish that, like, I wish X had happened. Yeah. You know, like, because that's going to happen and, and saying, like, I shouldn't feel this way can sometimes just make it worse. Yeah, that's life, baby. You know? Yeah. That's my verbal hug. Cool. And with that, good, good night, night and good, good game. game.